This is Aldrin Sampia on Beyond the Headline. 0614104107, your ex at Aldrin Sampia and our studio line is 086-000-2032. We speak to Dr. Indran Chetty, who's a board member of the South African Society of Psychiatrists. So accused Zandile Mafe will not stand trial for his involvement in Parliament's fire that took place on the 2nd of January 2022, while the Western Cape High Court ruled yesterday that he's not fit to do to do so due to um, psychiatric report findings. Zandile Mafe has to undergo this process twice at different facilities. Today, we wanted to have a conversation about what constitutes mental fitness to stand trial and what psychiatrists um, at mental facilities have to undertake concerning the establishment, establishing a report for a person um, who has committed or accused of committing a crime and has been ordered to undergo the process. We also wanted to know how much of the toll it takes on the person going through the process and he, if he or she is not proven to be fit to stand trial. What happens next? Dr. Indran Chetty now joining us on the line. Dr. Chetty, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, just a correction. I'm not a current board member. I'm an ex-board member. Sorry. Former board member. Okay. Appreciate the, yeah. the clarity there. So yesterday when the court handed down the judgment, it said that according to um, Section 77, Subsection 6A of the Criminal Procedure Act, the finding has been made that um, Zandile Mafia is not fit to stand trial and therefore does not have any criminal capacity. What goes into determining um, whether somebody has criminal capacity or even the ability to follow the trial? Okay, so there's two separate things here that we require to assess in a, in a uh, forensic assessment. One is the fitness to stand trial, which relates to the current mental state of the accused. And then the criminal capacity relates to the mental state of the accused at the time of commission of the alleged crime. So if we look at fitness to stand trial, there are various things that we assess. Uh, for example, the ability of the accused to follow court proceedings and understand what is being said in court, for example. The ability of the accused to give instruction to the legal representatives. And the ability to make a proper defense. So those would all constitute the fitness to stand trial, for example. When we speak about a proper defense, we're speaking about a defense that is uh, obviously going to be reasonable and rational that the accused can put forward in court. And then, uh, obviously, in this case, the court found that the accused was not fit to stand trial. So with that particular assessment, what is it that the psychiatrist will then be doing during that process in determining whether the person is mentally fit to stand trial? So what we assess with regard to fitness is the accused understanding of the charge, for example, uh, the accused understanding of the role plays in a court system, so the role of the judge or magistrate, for example, the role of the prosecutor, the role of the defense attorney, uh, the accused understanding of uh, why he or she has been charged, and then uh, what the accused would put forward as a defense. So essentially, when we speak to fitness, it speaks to whether the accused is in a sound state of mind to go to court now and be able to understand proceedings and put forward a defense. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking specifically at how we assess that, it's obviously through one-on-one consultations with the accused over a period of time to assess the understanding of why they have been charged, what the charges are, and then how they would then conduct themselves in court. Yeah. So, so are there a set of questions that the accused would need to answer? 
So it's not uh, it's not a closed-ended set of questions. No, so it's not a it's not a for example a, a a closed list of questions that we ask. We go according to the charges and and just generally through how we would normally consult uh, any any person. We go through various aspects that we assess to be able to understand and give an opinion on the fitness currently. Mm. So no, there isn't a single closed set of questions. Yeah, it would depend on the presentation and time. So, but would there be a formula that is followed to to make the determination of what the final outcome will be of that particular process? Like, for instance, let's say um, there are a couple of questions that are asked, and based on the outcomes of that questions, um, perhaps maybe you score him a six out of ten. I don't know which formula is used, and then from there determine whether or not the person is mentally fit. No, no, there's no, no, there's no formula score as such. Mm-hmm. This is not, for example, like a psychological test that we do specifically to determine fitness. This is a clinical assessment that we conduct over a series of interviews. So we look for things like consistency. Obviously, there are some some instances where uh, people may feign, uh, you know, symptoms or illnesses to try and, uh, you know, for secondary gain. So those are the types of things we assess. So it is not a formula as such or a closed list of questions. It's a clinical assessment done in consultation. Mm-hmm. And um, are you then able to to suss out whether the person is putting up a performance? And I'm also asking this on the basis of when it comes from when it comes to the um, the parole board, for instance. Um, what is also being taken into consideration is whether there is an appreciation by um, the convict around the crime that has been committed and also rehabilitation that has taken place. But sometimes you know that the uh, convict could actually put up a performance. So I don't know when it comes to an accused person who may plead um, mental insanity and say that, or the defense arguing that this person can't stand trial, um, that the person would then put up a performance. So, so you know, this obviously uh, the work we do comes after sort of a long period of training. Mm. So we are trained to be able to de- detect when someone may be, you know, um, reporting symptoms that aren't really there. And apart from that, we also, when many observations have them in a ward setting for an extended period, up to 30 days, sometimes longer. And then apart from the psychiatrist assessing them, we also get input from other multidisciplinary team members like the nursing staff, uh, psychologists and occupational therapists to be able to come to a final conclusion, mm-hmm. obviously based on what each case uh, requires. Mm-hmm. So yes, we are trained to pick up when someone can, you know, report symptoms that may not necessarily be there. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so that would be part of So, so in the case of Zandi Lemafe, he had told the court before, and even shouting in the court, that um, he is fit to stand trial, um, that he can stand trial, and that he can follow the proceedings. Do you take that into account at all? So, you know, we obviously take into account what uh, reports we get from the court as to how mm. the accused has conducted him or herself in court. And then when we assess the accused, we would then... Uh, put that in the context of what we are getting from them when we question them. Uh, so even though someone may claim to be fit or not fit, we don't just accept that. We've got to make our independent assessment uh, to be able to verify that or not. Mm-hmm. So earlier on, Dr. Chetty, you spoke about how um, you would look into whether the person understands the different role players in the court proceeding. 
When it comes to yes. children, for instance, and we know we've got the we've got the Criminal Procedure Act that specifically deals with uh, children and the Children's Act rather, um, that mm-hmm. speaks about how to deal with matters relating to children and crime that has been committed by children. But in some cases, you find cases relating to, for instance, murder and so forth, that a murder mm-hmm. has been committed. But does the child really have capacity and understanding of the crime that has been committed? Yeah. So when it comes to you know children, uh, obviously the the assessment has to take into account other factors like the level of the child's development, the emotional, intellectual, uh, you know, development, and the rest. And then those are obviously done by people who work regularly in the, in the area with kids as well. So uh, you know, for example, at Stafford you know, Hospital, we have a child psychiatrist who's mm-hmm. involved in those assessments as well, because that does require a, a, an additional degree of. Uh, you know, acumen in the area with regard to dealing with kids. Okay. So, yes, there are ways of assessing children to be able to understand their, their, um, their understanding of, of uh, what they have done and then the implications, taking into account the different areas of development mm-hmm. as well. Okay. And finally, uh, now that the court have, for instance, found in Zandile Mafia's case that um, he's, not, uh, he's not mentally fit to stand trial, what happens to that individual? Does that individual so we, get, um, I don't know, uh, taken to another psychiatric hospital or uh, a mental health institution? What happens? Sure. So generally, when someone is found not fit to stand trial and they've been convicted of a serious offence, uh, then uh, likely outcome is that the court may declare them a state patient. And what that means is that mm. they then get admitted to a forensic psychiatry unit, um, like we have a few around the country, and then that is would be for treatment based on what the underlying diagnosis is. And then uh, obviously the point of treatment is to get the, the accused well. And then, uh, and then then there's a process of uh, you know rehabilitation as well that may be involved. But obviously it depends on a case-by-case basis. Uh, generally for minor offenses, uh, the accused would then, if the court accepts the uh, opinion of the psychiatrist, the accused may be declared a uh, involuntary patient and that follows a different route in general psychiatry. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Dr. Indran Chetty there, a former board member of the South African Society of Psychiatrists.